audience I would normally not be talking with. Well, we're gonna start recording now. Cause like there's nothing to hide. Hi folks. It's December thirteenth. It's a Thursday, not a Friday. I don't know if that makes that good luck or not. <laughs> but um welcome back to the Can I Kick It podcast. We're here again. It's been about a week or so, maybe a week and a half. I like to do things slow. I like to take my time and watch things. I don't want to be like all these other ESPN guys and have to have a hot take every day, every hour as the NBA updates news. You guys got enough of that. So we can like sit back and chill and talk and kick it. Shameless plug number two. I'm getting good at this. <laughs> also rejoining me on the podcast is Casey Ann Valentine. Hello, hello, hello. Last time Casey introduced herself, she said like she was like a professional embarrassee, but in actual fact, she runs a show which is kind of like a slice of life show called Comfortably Uncomfortable. Her and her business partner, Sheena, they run it together. Um, two women of color, it's a it's How a does great that not thing. validate my point that I'm a professional embarrassee, though? I mean, like, because like people didn't know where to come watch you embarrass yourself. And, oh, true. I mean, that's important. You're not embarrassing yourself for nothing, I don't think. No, you're right. I'm not embarrassing myself for nothing. Today feels like one of those days when you're going to be, like, a lot smarter than I think you're going to be. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's every day. <laughs> Not some days you're exactly as smart as I think you're going to be. Can't trap me in a maze. So, um, lots to talk about. Lots of things has happened. Um, Last time we were here, we talked about the team and state of things at 21 and 7, I believe. And we talked about who we'd like to see on the team. Um, Tristan Thompson was was my pick. Um, it was the only pick, really, but, you know. Ever since that, ever since I talked about trading Jonas Valanciunas, he has played like a monster. <clears throat> Do you think that's because you said it? All of a sudden it's manifesting? He you, heard you? Not for nothing. This happens a lot. Like, I'll say something bad about a player, and then they'll just start playing out of their minds. I'll be like, guy, get rid of this guy. This guy is trash. Like, I'm tired of it. Like, I'm sick and fucking tired. And whoever it is will come out and have, like, a career night the next night. And it'll be all over the news. And I'll be left in my little stupid circle. So. So are you bad luck? I'm not sure, really. I'm not sure. That's up for debate. That's up to... I've been described as many ways. Bad luck is one of them, so... So if you're listening, then every time Kenny says something about a player, expect the opposite to happen. Get ready. Like, Get ready. That's why I don't ever say anybody's playing good. I just keep my mouth shut because that could be catastrophic. I digress. So, a uh, couple big games since uh, the last time we were here. How, how are you, Case? How are you? Excited to learn about basketball. It's always an excited thing, Basketball is an exciting thing to learn about. It's my favorite sport. Basketball is my favorite sport. Yes. That's what you do with it down the court. Yes. Is that like the worst basketball song to choose? 
I don't think there are enough basketball songs. Oh, there are enough. <laughs> are you <laughs> no, sure? Nobody needs to make any more. Name like two basketball songs. <laughs> Remember that song, Bow, 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 Yippee, Oh, Yippee, where he's like dribbling down the court. There was, I got a basketball joke. I got a basketball Jones who baby. <laughs> I don't know that you song. You don't know that song? What song is that? That's because you don't know enough about basketball. I guess. I guess I'm not in it like that. There was the Monstars with LL Cool J, Busta Rhymes, and whatever from wow. the Space Jam track. Oh, I know the Space Jam track. Yeah. Unstoppable. See, we see how far back that was? We need a new basketball team. There's a reason they stopped making them, I think. What's that reason? They're generally pretty bad. They're like Christmas songs. <laughs> Words. Don't are. ever compare basketball songs to Christmas songs. They're comparable. They're pretty fucking bad. <laughs> pretty bad. You know what I mean? Like, it's not a lot of good ones. There really isn't. I'd like to change that one day. <sighs> Leave it alone, man. Basketball is its own beautiful thing by itself. You can, you can like mix hip hop and basketball, like, whereas you know, two unrelated entities. You know, you you get a hip hop track that's hard, and you mix it with some hard basketball highlights and you can mix them together and like that's a thing but you can't like make a song about the highlights like you can't mix them that way this it's not a good thing when you were when you were giving examples for basketball and hip-hop i was seeing drake sitting in the stands watching a game is that not the intersection of basketball and hip-hop no drake is not the intersection between <laughs> basketball and hip-hop <laughs> drake is the intersection between toronto <laughs> and a lot of other things, oh, but he's not the. Okay. He's a basketball fan, which I completely respect, and I, I like the way that he's turned uh, his rap career into, you know, a way that he can watch games free. That's what I would have done. That's a smart thing to do. It's a, definitely, Drake has never been a bad business guy. He's never been a bad business guy. He's one of the best businessmen in Toronto. Do we think it's because he's stereotypically part Jewish? I don't mean to be racist now, but like... No, I definitely think it's because he's part Jewish. I don't, if Jewish people want to be mad because I think they're good business people, well... <laughs> they like, can come write you a nobody's, that I'm out. never complaining when they say, when a white guy tells me my dick is bigger than his. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. For the most part. Let's I pick and you. choose the stereotypes we like. Yeah. That's the way they work. That is the world. <laughs> that is the world. And as you progress with us you'll find that we don't care too much but um yeah 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 let's pick and choose stereotypes let's do it i'm cool <laughs> i'm glad you're cool i i am i am i don't like when they say that we don't work i don't like that but i like when they say we have big dicks anyways <laughs> um Someone said i look like megan markle the other day i was like that's racist, but I'm happy about it. Yeah, that's cool. Like, we all look alike when it's the best looking person. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, you know, I, I complained about Kyle last podcast. I did. I complained about his play, and I will never lie about that. You'll hear me complain about several players in several different ways. Um, but he has had a fantastic outing as of late. And I remember saying to you and to the rest of the whoever else is listening out there. Um, you know, he would do well to get over this trade and just move on and play basketball. You know what I mean? And I got to say this. I don't know if he's had a conversation with the team. I don't know if the, converse, the team's had a conversation with him. But definitely what I, what I do see is that he looks more engaged with the rest of the team. 
He looks to be talking more to guys. He looks to be arguing less with refs. You know, just more engaged, more of a team guy. You know what I mean? Than that cranky guy we saw throwing up a bunch of bricks for like the last week or didn't score a single bucket, right? So uh, I think I was right. I think I think he's uh, he's bought into the team a little more. I think he's he's moved on from the trade a little bit, and it's giving him a chance to play good basketball. That's what that's what I think. I don't think it was ever. I think Kyle Lowry goes through these shooting slumps. One, you know, Kawhi's on the court. He's got to adjust to Kawhi, you know, and you're, you're giving Kawhi the ball. Shots that usually come to you are coming to you a little later. You're not in rhythm, so on and so forth. You know what I mean? And that, that glaring fact that you're not in tandem with your running mate is still there. You know, you heard the interview. And then, you know, Kawhi sits a couple games, and he gets to connect with the rest of the team. And uh, he looks good. He looks good. He's throwing up those assists still, 10-plus uh, assists in both games against the Clippers and the Golden State Warriors. Um, he was, yeah. He was even, the assist game was there in the Milwaukee game where they lost, but not scoring a bucket is, is not helpful to us. Like, you, you know, Kyle's got to be that guy. It, it, it's his team very much. Even if Kawhi is back, it's his team. And Kawhi's got to kind of play that game where, you know, move the ball, stick and move a little bit. I have a very ignorant question. This probably doesn't have any place in this podcast. That's fine. But, like, what roles do they play on this team? And how do they, like, complement or, like, not complement each other in those roles? Like, what are their positions? Well, Kyle is a, is a point guard. Mm -hmm. Typically, a point guard handles the ball most of the time. Right? Basketball has moved to a point where a lot of guys play a lot of positions. So oh, it's no okay. longer... You know, where one guy does one thing, uh, as it used to be uh, back in the 90s and the 80s. Okay. But Kyle Lowry is your point guard. The guy generally, typically, like I said, runs a show. You know, he has the ball in his hands most of the time. He's passing the ball to get guys open shots. You know what I mean? He's directing traffic out there, telling guys where to be, uh, and setting up the whole play. Doesn't mean that he shoots a lot, but, you know, he's got to be able to shoot when when needed to, you know what I mean? Because sometimes you're the only option. Hmm. That's that's pretty much one of the most prominent roles in the NBA. I would say, like, besides the small forward or the wing, I would say the, you know, you're seeing a point guard, pretty a good point guard pretty much every night. So he's like a producer? Can I compare a producer to a point guard? Yes, yes. A producer would be like a point guard because, you know, you he's laying down the whole tempo for everybody to get on. Yes. Right? So he's he's controlling the pace, he's controlling the tempo. He's telling guys, you know, you're gonna go here yes. uh, and be first and or you're gonna mm -hmm. go and be uh after the hook or the hook is gonna be this long, you know what I mean? He's directing traffic, okay, yes. Okay, so but his position as a producer or the point guard is dependent on his team members or other people who are getting on the track. When you're uh, when you're a pure point guard, yes, it's very much your your numbers and your success will depend on making those around you better or allowing them to produce at least. Okay. Right. So even if you don't make them better than they are and you just kind of play off of everybody, being a book a good point guard is very much about I would say allowing people to to produce to to get them going, to facilitate. Okay. Right? So tell me about Kawhi. So Kawhi is your superstar. So he's your guy. That's your that's your star rapper. He's your Kendrick Lamar. He's your DMX. He's your Drake to your 40. You know what I mean? Okay. Your DMX to your Grimes, your... Uh, who else? I don't know. Mob Deep to your Alchemist. Like, 
Mm. Right? He's the Fuji's to uh what is that boy's name? That producer. For John Forte. Mm, I'm impressed by your knowledge here. No, this is not knowledge. This oh, is being I black. Know any of these. I didn't know any of the of the producers. Is that bad of me? No, it's not. I guess. I, I guess I, I'm I'm a music head a little bit. So, but I'm not a professional music head. So. Was Missy Elliott the producer for Aaliyah? No, no. Timberland was the producer for Missy Elliott. Dr. Dre for Snoop. Okay. Right. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. like that that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, but that's your Kawhi Leonard, mm-hmm. and everybody else just kind of fits in. They're not superstars, but they do little things here and there, and they do the proper stuff, right? You know, um, I'm sure we could get into more things like center and forward, but we have time, and I'm not in a rush. No, how do the what's Kawhi's position? You just told me. So Kawhi is a wing, but oh, regardless okay. of what he is, he's your superstar player. So he kind of does everything. He rebounds. Oh, he defends. Okay. You know what I mean? And as a wing, it's probably the most important, you know, position in the league right now because it allows you to do a lot of different things. So the point guard is supposed to give the ball to the superstar player. Yeah, you know, uh, the point guard, the superstar player will always, always deliver. The point guard is just supposed to make everything else work. Mm. Right? So Lowry's just supposed to make everything else work. You're just supposed to, uh, you know, bring in the right instruments, bring in the right guys mm. to make sure everything goes right, bring in the right video guy, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right? He's a producer in many different ways, not just like, you know, song producer. He's kind of producing your project in a sense, mm-hmm. right? Your visuals and everything, yeah, yeah. Okay, so then what's the problem that, that they're having or that you're that you're seeing between... Um, Lowry and Kawhi. Um, let's put it this way: Lowry is a let's say Lowry is a young producer, right? He's uh he's not won anything. Uh, he's not won any awards, but he's been making noise in the game for a long time. Whereas a Kawhi is a rapper with maybe four Grammys or so. Right? This is a Grammy accredited rapper. You know what I mean? And the the mindset is that you would adjust to Kawhi. Wait, how did he become a Grammy-nominated, a Grammy award-winning... Kawhi has a championship with a different team. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. With the Spurs. A lot of you know that. You know, a lot of people will know that if you're heavy basketball fans. And if you're joining us for the first time, like, you're, you're, you're learning. And regardless, you know, it's a good analogy. So, work with us. <laughs> um... Yeah, so back to like their dynamic and why you think that there's a problem there. Well, it's not a problem. I think it just takes time to adjust to, right? Like you, as as this new young producer coming up, are figuring out how to work with this superstar that, mm-hmm. you know, everybody else is already slated as a superstar. You know, you're still fighting for your respect, right? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that this is not your project as that young producer. And I think Lowry, Lowry needs to realize that. I think he needs to realize how much of the team he actually controls. Mm. I think he needs to understand that Kawhi's going to have to trust him. And he's not responsible for whether Kawhi leaves or not. You know what I mean? The only thing he's responsible is to get these guys winning. And when he's running the show, we win. We win when he's running the show. Whether Kawhi's playing or not, we win if Lowry is doing what he's supposed to be doing. Mm. 
so that, that game where he had one point how do you explain that i think i think he you know you come off you you're like people are human beings like you know i see larry sit down with rachel nichols and he's like oh hey you know, I was hurt by this trade. Like, your mind should not be there right now at all. Mm-hmm. We're coming up on a quarter of the season. Mm-hmm. You know, we are uh, we're one of the best teams in the league, right? And you've been shooting the ball like shit. So your mind should not be on a trade. Your mind should be on, I am this team and this team is everything. Mm-hmm. Right? That's where you need to be if you want to actually win. Because you can't be... You, uh, yeah, but like I feel like that's bullshit. That's why? like you waking up in the morning being like, I am alive today and I'm gonna like kill this day. We all know we don't wake up like that every single day. No, we don't. But like, you know what? The motherfuckers that wake up on those days and put themselves in that mind state are winning. And that's what's that's the difference between, you know, a lot of people, what a lot of people are and what a lot of people want to be. It's that hard work. You know what I mean? True. Am I going to get up and let this day really fuck with me? Or am I going to get up and I'm going to go out there and perform? You know what I mean? Am I locked in or am I not locked in? So I completely understand what you mean when you say, uh, when you say, you know, yeah, we don't wake up that day every day. But like, you know, Larry is a professional basketball player. And I'm not saying that he's not allowed to have these slumps, but... The more he can think himself out of them is the more successful I think he'll be because I think we can all agree that the problem with Larry has not been, you know, his talent level. It's been his mentality. You know, when when he's disappeared, it looks like he's going through a mental slump. It doesn't look like he's, you know, necessarily injured or hurt or whichever. You, you get to the playoffs, there's more pressure, and he has like a mental slip here and there. As I understand that. You know, he's a young man, he's growing, he, you know, it looks like he's had to work harder than a lot of other people to get where he's getting, so, you know, there's nothing wrong with having that mental slum, it's just, you know, a lot of people expect results now, but as watching a Raptors fan, as being a Raptors fan for like years and seeing Lowry grow and seeing what he's become, you know what I mean, watching his shot get better, the way he runs the floor, get but I understand, you know, that there's a certain hump to get over to keep playing at that level when the pressure is on. And you need to have a clear mind, and that's what I'm saying. Let it go. Let the trade go. Let all those things go and be engaged with the team. Don't worry about the refs. Just be engaged. When Lowry's not engaged, he's a walking technical. When Lowry's engaged, he's probably one of the best players that you can put on the court, best point guards you can put on the court in the whole league. Maybe not best player, but best point guard. Interesting. As you're talking about this, my mind was totally elsewhere, but related. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm thinking about the fact that Kyle Lowry, Kyle Lowry can get, I guess, sidetracked in his mind by, you know, like, losing his best friend. It makes me think of how many, like, basketball wives or, you know, girls who date basketball players um, think that their most successful mark is to get into the minds of her man even if she's sharing him even if she's only like the part-time hoe whatever like i guarantee you somewhere in the world there's a woman who's like yo i got into his head when he was playing today his ass was thinking about me (laughs) i don't know i don't know if i mean she fucking up her money then (laughs) like 
she if Eddie if I'm married to a WNBA star, I want that woman to be as relaxed as possible when she goes to play basketball. I want her to feel like she is on top of the world because when them contracts come in, like we both get paid. We both win it. I need you to be the best person that you could be. Oh. Don't sabotage yourself. No, but you took it as, as, a, as a bad way. Like, maybe she just has him for a part-time. And so she wants to leave a good impression. It doesn't mean that she wants to, like, fuck up his day so he'll think about how, like, annoying she is. That's not how you win. As That's a not how it happens. I feel like if you, if if we had a good day, somebody's going to get destroyed on the court. I'm going to go out what? and have a good night. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm going to go out and have a good night. If me and my girl had a good day, I'm going to go out and have a good night. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I would definitely, yeah. Four or five girls, you know, and then it's just like your side, side, side girl, and you and her have a good day. How is that impacting your day on the court? Still the same way? I mean, I don't have a side, side, side girl, so <laughs> I don't know. But I can imagine how that's stressful for some people. Maybe when you're making millions of dollars, it doesn't matter. Maybe. 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 I mean, maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I hope That's what not. I think about when you say things about basketball sometimes. I hear you. I mean, you know, you are not a basketball fan. And you are a woman, so you know what I mean? Like, I can understand how you would have different thoughts than I would when pertaining to the game that I love. <laughs> What's next on your agenda, boss? Well... I mean, all the stuff with Kyle Lowry and the synergy with the team brings me to what I did like. I, I did like there was a lot of uh, was a lot of chemistry with Serge and Danny, and I find that Danny, Danny is kind of like this little chemistry bomb that's just spreading throughout the team. Um, we didn't have him here last year when we traded uh, we traded Demar for him, Jakob Pertl. So he came over with Kawhi. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, but um. Man, I, I, I like what Danny Green brings to this team. And there's a certain level of toughness, a certain level of grit, um, but it, it's all balanced with a very, very uh, personable personality, right? I, I, it, it makes me happy to see that we have a leader of that sort kind of on the court right now. Um, I think Serge's, Serge's improvement who Serge has been consistent through the last 30 or so games. Like, he's been good. Serge has been really good. Um, I think that's a lot to do with Danny being here. I, I know we see a lot of chemistry with him and Kyle Lowry, but, you know, on those little plays where, like, Serge goes that extra mile, I always see Danny egging him on, you know, like, yeah, yeah, I like that. And um, I don't know, I, I enjoy that. It's one of the little stories that I'm kind of picking up on the teams. Danny's had Serge on the podcast. Um... Uh, Serge has had Danny on his show and I just think it's kind of a mature chemistry that those guys are building I enjoy it uh, to see it to see it flourish and to uh, bring us success on the court my bias is that anyone who has a podcast is like super smart in the shit I mean <laughs> you know what anybody that has a podcast is willing to sit here and talk to a bunch of people for a couple of hours um, and put themselves out there and I think those kinds of people get results hey, a lot of the time. I can get behind that. Right? Um, 
I don't know if I'm going to get results, but we'll see, folks. No, for sure you're going to get results. We'll like, okay, what was your original intention about it? Like, why do you feel like the world needs to know Kenai's opinion on, like, basketball? Oh, nobody needs to know, but, like... You know, I find sometimes what's missing from a lot of media is just a calm approach, you know. We traded DeRozan, everybody was up in arms. And like, or, you know, we got Kawhi, everybody's up in arms. Or Kawhi's not playing, everybody's up in arms. Kawhi's playing, everybody's up in arms. And it's like, it's an 82-game season. And the smart basketball fan, right, who is creating the smart, the smart basketball player or influencing the smart basketball player is looking at a game like that and thinking, or looking at these scenarios and thinking it's... A very small part of a big picture I've been watching. I've been watching the the, the Raptors since '95, right? Like uh, this is my team. It's never not been my team. I've never had another team. Yeah, but it's, is it just because this is where you live? Sure, fine. But I understand that you know, with all the things that we've been through, that every single thing that's happened so far plays a part in what we are today as a city, as a team. Um, and the guys that come and play for us and that have been here for multiple years, that you can see that imprinted on them, as well as you can see that imprinted on a lot of us hardcore fans. So are there patterns that you've observed from your watching all these years? Um, yeah, for sure, hey. for sure. I mean, you start to pick up on players' body language, you know, you start to know, you pick up on certain like behavioral patterns of the organization itself. Um, you know, you start to see how we're viewed around the league and how the league views us and what that means for us and like just a, uh, how, how it relates to the political li la landscape, how you know, it relates to music and how there are certain resurgence of music has brought the Raptors along with it and the Raptors have brought that music right along as well, like how they've worked hand in hand. Um, it's just things that happen in the city. Like four years ago, when the Raptors weren't that great, we were a completely different city. Raptors started to win, Jays started to win, and things started to bubble in the city. There's a lot of action, there's a lot of energy here. Sometimes it makes for some negative scenarios, but a lot of the time, there's a lot of positive things going on in the city. I can turn around in Toronto and go anywhere. You know, I can, I can go anywhere and, and see a plethora of different kinds of shows or cultures or music, and like I mean talent as well. You know what I mean? Um, you can go to a bar and pick up a certain kind of vibe just because they show Raptors games where they're exclusive to the Leafs. It's, it's a, a lot has happened with our teams winning, right? A lot of attention has been brought here, and with a lot of attention has come money, and with money has come investments, and with investments, people have used that to spur things that have inspired them and to create dreams, right? Any question? Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, that was a rant. No, it was a good rant. Mm. I just got I got sidetracked. No problem. Again, <laughs> this is sidetrack, Casey. Right? <laughs> Let's go. Um. So okay. So you mentioned the basketball player who has a podcast. Yes. Why do you think it's important to hear like the voices of the of the players themselves through this podcast? Like, how does it change the game? I think you know when guys come out to something like that once it's like a business one it's it's a business endeavor danny's got a business endeavor you know kyle and damar had this great friendship where it was a lot of huggy and jokey and whatever and sometimes they'd say things just on the podium together where i was like i wish they wouldn't put these guys on the podium together after a playoff game 
They, <laughs> these guys sound like some kids, and like they don't sound locked into the next game. Oh. Yeah. For instance, Demar saying, "Oh, I'm like Neo now." You know, the game is slowed down for me. You know. <laughs> I love. I love that comment. But we're in like game two, bro. <laughs> They're gonna come at you. They. Like the next because team, you said that? yeah. If I'm the next team, I'm like, yeah, eh? so, so you feel like Neo, huh? Okay, I'm gonna show you Neo next fucking game, bro. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if I'm watching yeah. as a as a competitor, I'm looking at that shit like for anything to like to like bring me over a loss, like anything to motivate me past the fact that I just look just to make me upset, so I come on and destroy you the next game. Oh no. So. As a competitor, if I would say so, I wouldn't, I wouldn't show my cards. I wouldn't start feeling too confident at all. I felt like DeMar did that. Uh, but as I was saying, in, relates, in relation to the podcast, you know, they, DeMar and Kyle had that certain kind of chemistry where I find, like, Danny, you come to his podcast and he'll ask you questions about the team and just whatever, and there's an immediate accountability for that. Immediate. You're in public, you're saying stuff. You, you know, Danny Green is having you on a show. You can't just go up there and say anything, right? But at the same time, it's still, a, it's still a comfortable space where you should be able to talk about your team, which I think is a very mature space. And I think a lot of the Raptors that I've seen buy into that mature space have had very good seasons, hmm. right? And, you know, the way that we've lost in a couple years is not necessarily, we can all agree now that it's a mental thing. We don't want to say it, but it's a mental thing. It doesn't mean that it's bad. We have to remember how young this team actually is, right? Like, as old as Kyle Lowry is, there's no champions. He's never really had to lead a team past the finals. You know what I mean? He's been a good player on a good team for a long time, but not a great player on a great team. Hmm. You think he wants to get traded now, too? He might have those visions at the beginning, but I think that this year is going to be a growing process for him. Excuse me, folks. <laughs> um, I think this year is going to be a growing process for him. I think this year he's going to have to do a lot of, you know, just soul searching and looking within and deciding, you know, what is it that you really want to do? Because if he wants to get traded, he's asking to get traded from the best team in the league. Mm. He's not asking to get traded from, or if he wants to go somewhere else, like that, that means that your pride is getting in the way of your in the way of your success. But isn't that similar to what LeBron did? Wasn't he on the best team? Uh, that's not even a start. I don't talk about LeBron on this show. Why? Because I don't have nice things to say. And no, while no, I but think... theoretically, if you get past your haterade, I want to know why LeBron went to um, the other country. Oh, the other... Where is the state? Um, what is it called? Well, LeBron LA. Went from... There we go. I don't know why LeBron went to LA. I think he went for family reasons. Um... You know, his wife and his kids apparently live there. They go to school there. Mm. So I think that was, I think that's what that was. Oh. Yeah. Well, I, that's mature and respectable, I think. Yeah, it is. I, I'm not saying, like, this is one of the moves where LeBron has made that I don't really question a whole lot. Oh, okay. I don't really question. Um, but yeah, I don't, I just don't think that DeMar and Kyle were growing fast enough as men. Right, I don't think that they weren't good enough. I think Demar is a great player. I I've seen potential in Demar. I've seen Demar be a good defender, even if it's in a two possession spurt. I've seen that he's capable of staying in front of some of the league's quickest guys. 
right? I've seen him make big defensive plays in clutch. So to me, I look at DeMar and I say, it's not that you're not capable of it. It's that there's a lack of focus. Mm. And focus comes with maturity. And guys like Pascal, Serge, Danny, these guys are showing focus night in and night out, mm. right? These are guys that have spent time together outside of basketball in so that mature the space. Intentionally wanted to trade them to break up their friendship. The GMs, hmm. I don't. I think they needed to do something different, and I think if they were going to do something different to get better, they decided that it was going to have to be something drastic. You know what I mean? Like it sounds like a metaphor for my life. <sighs> hey, I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes you like. I don't know, my thing with you-know-who, like, she's like, she needs space because she wants to rejig what this looks like. And it feels, like, weird to me because what we got is good enough. Like, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah, but, you know, it's 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 about growing together. You guys have to decide how fast you grow, right? And when you decide how fast you grow, there's not a lot of room for feelings. There's not a, a lot of room to discuss and, like, make somebody you know, feel nice by sugarcoating it. You just got to talk about it and get past it. You know what I mean? That's that's what makes good friends, I think, is when you don't have to, you know, mince words. Just say that shit. And I don't know that that was necessarily happening with Kyle and DeMar, because, like, DeMar's been bad defensively. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. really bad. Like, let's not... And then he can be good. So, like, if I'm his friend, I'm like, yo, like, what are you talking about? Like, nah, bro, you missed that assignment? I'm in your ass national tv like i don't care like that's something i need to be in your ass about especially if i've been playing my ass off but i think the both of them were subpar and so they couldn't really check each other they were subpar when it counted yo your choice of like um in your ass actually gave me like vivid images of things that like i don't know if you want to express Okay, first of all, what Dwight <laughs> Howard does on his free time is what Dwight Howard wants to do. I'm not even talking about Dwight Howard anymore, yo. <laughs> Second He's of all, I mean, not like... Not even on my mind. You know, that's not what I meant, but, you know, okay. That's unfortunate. I'm not even gonna... <laughs> we're just not even gonna Sorry deal to with you your, like... That. We're not, not even gonna cool. deal with Casey's toxic masculinity <laughs> here. What? <laughs> like, toxic about that i didn't say that i just pictured things in my head you know what you're, on. Yeah, on. you're a big pervert i'm not <laughs> editing it out either it's gonna be on the podcast <laughs> everybody knows that you're a professional embarrassing and pervert at the same time I feel sorry for your husband oh my <laughs> like, god jeez so as i said i think that this space that daddy green has created is a mature space <laughs> from which a lot of the guys who have decided to be a part of it have benefited. Oh. Some people are sick. <laughs> no. Oh, man. Right? That's what I think. Okay. Okay. Right. It's going to be interesting. Here's the thing. The Raptors had a very bad stretch from since we talked. They got beat by Brooklyn. And they got beat by the Milwaukee Bucks. Mm. Right? So we lost those two games. Brooklyn, we shouldn't have lost to. And Milwaukee, Kyle didn't score a point. And then they came out against... On the road, without Kawhi, against the LA Clippers, who are one of the top teams in the league. 
and destroyed them, dismantled. Then they went on a national TV and rinsed the champs by 20, comfortably. Right? So... How do you explain that kind of like up and down? Like you're losing by a lot, then you're winning by a lot. I think we're I think we're watching growth. I think we're watching growth. I think we've watched some growing pains, and we're watching growth. Like I think the fact that Kawhi is not in the lineup, and these guys do that kind of that they play that way on the road against the champs and like some of the best teams in the West, and they're seven and one. I think that that says a lot about the core that we have. I think it says a lot about what, how much adjusting Kawhi actually has to do, because this this is a team that plays together. This is a team that goes out and they've they've gone through some hardships and that has galvanized them, right? You can see you can see the steel and the metal in their grit, you know, when they're going against these good teams without Kawhi. Everybody knows where to be. Everybody knows what to do. Everybody plays hard. And everybody's engaged. Kyle Lowry is an all-star. Pascal Siakam is an emergence. OG Ananobi, an emergence. Sergi Baca has been phenomenal. JV has been incredible off the bench. Fred Van Fleet and DeLon Wright are coming around into their own. And even Greg Monroe looked great against Golden State last night against their third stringers. Like he was dominating. He would, they were just picking teams apart. So it says a lot about how much Kawhi actually, in fact, has to adjust to play with this team. Right? He's not a role player. He requires touches. And this team's ceiling is no longer what we're watching. And this team's ceiling is through the roof if Kawhi buys in. Hmm. And it looks like he kind of has, and they're getting better. Right? So it'll be interesting to watch over the next couple games um just how they how they perform they've got a couple big games coming up in the next month and a half how could you not love toronto man i know Kawhi came here and he was like trying to hate but then he stepped outside and he seen like all the beautiful people and he was like i don't think he i don't think he was ever trying to hate i mean toronto is a blue collar city like we're not nice people Yes, we are. Shut no, we're up. not. Toronto, yes, Toronto is not nice. Like we will tell you about yourself quickly if we don't like what you're doing. You know what I mean? We're not. You know, we're not that Canada. We're not Alberta or Vancouver where we we're are. laid back. We are. We are. We are not. We are. When I go to the states, people are like. Whoa, you're the nicest person I've ever met. Yeah. Definitely not the nicest person ever. Like, because it's America. But, like, in Toronto, we are the most, like, have you ever heard anybody come from Alberta and be like, oh, my God, people are so nice in Toronto? I mean, obviously, there's levels to this. But yeah, and we're on the is, bottom level of niceness here in Toronto. Is Kawhi came to Toronto, and he was like, this shit is lit. And he doesn't want to go anywhere. Listen, Toronto, <laughs> I don't think he does want to go anywhere. I don't think he, uh, what I think is, I think he appreciates that everybody's just kind of like, like it's that, like it's it's raw like that. I think he appreciates the fact that, you know, even though it's like that, it's not like LA where everybody needs to know your name and wants to talk to you all the time and definitely, and, you know, like be part of the circus. It's still a very, people are about their business in Toronto. We came to get shit done because... Uh, We've been fighting for respect, you know what I mean? And I think he feels the same way as well. You know, I don't think he takes it lightly that he's still regarded as the number two, number two player in the league, right? I think he hates when he can't play. I think this guy comes in every day into the gym from what I can see, 
with plans of dismantling his opponent, his opponent, hmm. like completely dismantling them. Like I, I think he does what he has to do to win, but the defense that I've seen and like just the way that he's starting to come together and the explosiveness is returning. Kawhi is not a guy that you know talks a lot. He's not that kind of superstar. He's the old school kind of superstar where he. He, he just walks, yeah, he walks, he shows, yeah, exactly. Mm. <clears throat> so, you know, um, I think things to look forward to. Um, you know, Christmas is coming up. The Raptors going to have Christmas off, but I think they play Christmas Eve. We've got a couple big games coming up as well. Um Yeah, who's playing? Let's see. So for the schedule, I think we see Boston very soon, which should be a good matchup. We see Denver on Friday, or on uh, Sunday, sorry. Um, we got the Pacers coming up. Yeah, I don't want some of the silence. Denver and Pacers. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. Bear with me for a sec. So, as I said, I, we got a couple games coming up here. You know, we play Denver, Philly uh, in January. San Antonio, we'll be seeing DeMar for the first time. We'll play the Bucks one more time. I see a win there. I think that's a big game. We haven't beat them once yet. And uh, we'll see Boston on the 16th in a month. So, literally, games, you know, maybe 9-8. To see if we can get Kawhi functioning on all cylinders, because those two games will be big. And going into January, now we're starting to get into seeding and so on and so forth. And the schedule kind of gets a little tough later on. So. We'll just have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. But I'd like to see them tighten up a couple things. Valentinus is injured, which I don't think is a terrible thing. It's a bad thing. Hopefully, he gets uh, healthy soon. But it looks like he's dislocated his thumb or broken his thumb. Mm. So he'll be out for a month. Mm. But uh, it allows us to bring up Greg Monroe, who I'd like to see play and get some playing time and get into the system because he hasn't played a lot. And uh, bring up this young kid, Bobby Boucher, which I... Is it Bobby Boucher? Something Boucher. Mm. Bobby Boucher is somebody else. A, a rapper or something? Yeah. I don't know. Something. A cartoon character. But, you know... Uh, Boucher will be coming up from the G League, and I think that's important. I think uh, he's a he's a good big. He's gonna be uh, he's out there. He can stretch the floor. He can rebound. He can run the floor. Um, he's a little slight, um, but he can defend sometimes and and be pretty spry on his feet. So we'll see how he turns out. We'll we'll look to, to see it. Uh, look to see how it turns out. So I think we're gonna on that note. We'll we'll end the podcast there. Um, I want to thank you guys for joining me again.
Um, we'll be back next Thursday. You know, we'll talk about what's happened over the last couple games. Like I said, Denver, right? Uh, we'll see Denver, and uh, I think we'll see Indiana before that. Then uh, we'll see Cleveland the day after. But we'll talk about that Denver, that Portland, and that uh, Indiana stretch before next Thursday and see exactly what we've what we've got to look at and how they've improved or how they've gotten worse or if they need to make any any moves, how, how Boucher looks and how Greg Monroe looks will be a big thing. So we'll talk about those things when we come back uh, next Thursday. Um, thank you. Uh, my name's Kenai. Uh, thank you to my wonderful co-host, Casey at Valentine. Hey, 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 hey. And uh, I want to thank all you... Uh, Kick It listeners for kicking it with me today. And um, we look forward to seeing you next Thursday. Have a great day. Can I kick it? Yes, I can. Can I kick it? Um, yes, I can. Can I kick it? I wonder if I can edit all of this out. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like the song? You should just sing it at the end. Well, the song's fantastic. <laughs> um, it's the greatest, the best. All right, later. Peace. <laughs>